broad topic that influences everyone. Treasure that lies in our country. There's actually a possibility to make the change. And include everybody in the transition that we need to make. It's not only a matter of environment, but it's also a matter of people. Hello everyone and welcome to Bioeconomy Matters. This is your host Hayley Chantar and we have some positive news for you today. Planet Positivity. Planet Positivity. Planet Positivity. Your positive news about sustainability. Hello and welcome to our Planet Positivity. Today we are diving into remarkable developments across the globe that bring hope and promise for a greener future. Let's start in British Columbia where a groundbreaking indigenous-led program is set to transform the fate of whole-growth forests. Premier David Ewai announced a monumental 300 million conservation fund spearheading an expansion of indigenous protected and conserved areas. This initiative aims to double the coverage of protected old-growth forests in British Columbia to 30% by 2030 by empowering indigenous communities to steward their ancestral lands. This program not only protects vital ecosystems, but also opens doors for sustainable forestry and ecotourism, fostering economic opportunities while preserving nature's legacy. And this reminds me of a speech given by an indigenous young woman at a conference that I attended last year. She said that we must protect the protectors and this statement is still ringing in my ears and it's so true. And now, shifting our gaze to the Sahara Desert. An innovative solution is blooming amidst adversity. The Sahara Circular Gardens are emerging as beacons of hope combating desertification and ensuring food security in one of the harshest environments on earth. These meticulous design green patches stand as symbols of human resilience, offering sustainable alternatives to combat land degradation caused by climate fluctuations and unsustainable farming practices. In a region where fertile land is under threat, these gardens not only provide sustenance, but also serve as models for sustainable agriculture and in challenging conditions. And speaking of innovation, Researchers are transforming waste into valuable resources. As the holiday season brings a surge in packaging waste, scientists have found a remarkable solution. Instead of discarding cardboard boxes, they've developed a groundbreaking cushion foam from cardboard waste. This upcycled material not only outperforms traditional plastic foam, in strength and isolation, but also offers a sustainable alternative for shipping materials. By reimagining waste as a resource, these scientists are paving the way for more eco-friendly packaging solutions, reducing the environmental footprint of global shipping. From safeguarding forests to fighting in harsh environments, and redefining waste as a valuable resource. These stories remind us that sustainability isn't just a goal, but a shared responsibility. Hope you enjoyed the positive news. Let's keep smiling until the next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bioeconomy Matters. I am your host, Hayley Chantar, who is joining you with a special guest today from Germany. 
Today, we have with us Dr. Evelyn Reinmott. She studied agriculture economics at the University of Hohenheim and is currently the head of Hohenheim Bioeconomy Office, the operative unit of the Chief Bioeconomy Officer of Hohenheim, which is Prof. Iris Lowenzowski. Evelyn is also a senior researcher at the Department of Bio-Based Resources in the Bioeconomy, which is also chaired by Professor Lewandowski. In her various roles, Evelyn also works in and is responsible for several projects in the field of bioeconomy. Welcome to our podcast, Evelyn, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Haley. Thank you for having me. So I'm just wondering, Evelyn, what is your definition of bioeconomy? To me, bioeconomy is a very smart and sustainable concept, and it will help us as a society to face the greatest challenges of our time, and hopefully also prevent threats such as war about water and food in the future. So this is the very core and the overall aim for me. So we will hopefully, and I'm very convinced about that, be able to produce by using bioeconomy solutions, enough secure and healthy food for a growing world population and also have all the products we need for our daily lives based on the natural resources. But all of this is only possible if you and me and everyone takes care that the solutions are implemented in a sustainable way. And this is where the challenge begins. So it is really all about putting the society and the environment into the center of all our doing. And um, if you find, for example, because I want to address each and every one of you here, uh, new products based on natural materials, make sure you need them and they are uh, repairable, recyclable, and you use them as long as possible or even share them with others. So please help all those producers of those natural resources, which are mostly plants in agriculture, forestry, but also marine ecosystems to improve their natural habitats. Find initiatives you can support and collaborate with and respect nature in all you do. Try to understand that many services also from the bioeconomy provide a lot of services that are not compensated by money. So it's not all about the price tag. And um, watch for those solutions, support them. And I'm sure we'll find, to, all, all of us together, we'll find a way to really help a sustainable implementation of those solutions. So I know I didn't give you exact examples, but the bioeconomy is more about a concept and understanding how we can transition into a sustainable future. And it is about all of us. That is yeah. how my, I define it. When I first came across bioeconomy was actually when I encountered the Bioeconomy Youth Ambassador Program. So I never heard of the term bioeconomy before the program. So I was wondering, when was the first time you encountered the term bioeconomy? What's your personal experience? Actually, it was when I was working for the project Humboldt Reloaded. Um, it sounds quite funny, the name, but it, um, it's actually a project that was initiated by a very visionary professor here at the University of Hohenheim. And it's all about research-based learning. And I was responsible for uh, designing and initiating interdisciplinary projects. And I was thinking about how can I bring all of our experts here together to work to work on a solution or a concept that is really, you know, changing the way we're living, um, having some solutions for the future. And our university has its strategic um, focus on bioeconomy. So 
you know, one thing came to the other and then we already have a lot of scientists working on those solutions and bioeconomy. So the term bioeconomy gave me kind of like a framework, you know, something that I can um, summarize um, concepts and ideas. Um, it's, it's just, it helps me to cluster um activities of research researchers and ideas and this is where everything started and where i then tried to design my first projects and then i also got to know professor Lewandowski, and you know one thing came to the other yeah. so yeah that was the first time exactly so i was wondering how did you end up in the bioeconomy per se because i know a lot of people who are with it for instance agriculture environment but they don't end up in bioeconomy so how did you end up there yeah, the, there are several angles uh, which led to that, actually. So I grew up, um, this may sound maybe a little bit strange, but I grew up in a time and in a location where I actually produced our food ourselves. I lived with my uh, a lot with my grandparents. So basically food waste was not existing at the time because we were relying on nature. I have a very strong connection with nature. Um, and so this is my my background family-wise and then in the second encounter it's that um after i did homework reloaded and then i started also to work for professor Lewandowski, i also met um food scientists at our university and other uh, university from um uh, from bavaria and when i started to work together with a food scientist this really was an eye-opener to me because i I finally understood what it means food first and then adding all the other bioeconomy solutions, which, you know, uh, work with uh, getting, you know, chemical components out of there, producing materials and all of this. So prioritizing food first and then putting all the other things as a natural consequence, but doing this in a sustainable way, it was only possible when I started to collaborate with the food scientists, because they helped me to understand what they can do uh, with creating new foods, with creating a plant-based diet. And this is for me, the center of the bioeconomy. And this is also, I mean, having grown up in a, in a time and in an environment where you had to focus on food first. So this is the basic connection led to or motivated me to pursue um, a career in bioeconomy. Absolutely. You know, this is so interesting because obviously we're from different generations. I mean, I'm still doing my bachelor degree and you already have your PhD. Uh, you're from Germany. I'm from Malta. But also like with my family, we also grow our own food sometimes. So we have like a little plot of land and we grow our own tomatoes and lettuce and onions. So I also grew up like understanding the importance of food and growing your own food. So now you're responsible for projects and you work with food scientists. And yet when from a young age, you were growing your own food. How was that for you when you collaborated with food scientists, like seeing the other ah, aspects of food? Yes, yes. So um, sometimes, you know, as uh, when I um, I had a very different expectation as to what the reality actually is. I thought, oh, that's all this. They are transforming food. They are making additives and, you know, whatever this, this, this fancy stuff. But they're really about understanding the plant understanding how to produce healthy food um how to really focus on making 
a difference for the society. So they try to understand what is it that technology can, because they use a lot of, you know, technologies, processing technologies, but what can they do to improve our health in the future? And this is uh, what something I really appreciated and where I've in the, for the first time understood the, the potential of such technologies and really um, approaching it from a scientific perspective. So there is this one part where we know we, we, grow, we have to grow healthy um, food and healthy um, you know, vegetables and fruits because this is the basis. They cannot change when we grow food that is empty without any nutrients. I mean, that's not something they can change. So uh, having a good basis is the is the foundation, and then they can transform and help us um, with new technologies to use the produce we have for new foods, for healthy foods, and also to create foods that feed a growing world population. And this was really eye opening to me. I'm wondering, what is your experience with this? Are you vegetarian? Do you eat these kinds of foods? Because you also have the same background with farming. Mm -hmm. It's a combination, actually. Um, it's really trying to get as many plant-based elements into the diet as possible. Um, and it's a combination of uh, being smart about using the solutions that are provided by the food scientists um, in the lab um, and also uh, eating raw, um, you know, vegetables and fruits as well. But I also eat meat. So, um, but I try to understand where the meat comes from. I try to not have meat every day because it doesn't make sense. Um, it's not healthy at all um, for both the, the body and, and the environment. So it's really about trying to balance it. I mean, that's that's the solution to everything. It's not to having too much from one thing or too little from the other thing and um, appreciating what they create for us as well, the food scientists. So um, I try to experiment and, and test and, and try to figure out what I like and what works for me in, in my diet, in my daily life but also, um, yeah, I'm, I'm open to new solutions. And I think that's that's the most important part of it. I don't say that we all have to be vegetarian or vegan or that we need to uh, only eat, you know, designed food or whatever. That's that's absolutely not the, the goal, but to have an open mind and to find out what works best for you. And you also mentioned um, sustainable agriculture. What is that like? What does sustainable agriculture consist of? It's the concept of agroecology, and that comprises much more than just the management on the field. So sustainable agriculture, of course, starts on the field, how we produce it, how we use inputs, how efficient we are. But it's also about recognizing ecosystems, providing ecosystem services, and in agroecology, this is just not only provided by farmers. It's also about what we as a society can contribute to it. So it's also taking care of the whole society. Um, it's a sustainable agriculture that also um, takes care of their uh, of all the workers. About it's uh -huh. also a concept that recognizes mental health. Um, but it's also about because we're putting, you know, technology is really a huge part of agriculture already now. Of course, um, yes. It's understanding what 
sustainability means in technical terms. So when we're talking, for example, about artificial intelligence, are we recognizing that the databases that underlie these um, artificial intelligence, um, let's say concepts, um, is gender balanced? Yeah. Do we have a data protection um, system in place and functioning that is being also an underlying thing when farmers use um, when you when they use their technologies? So again, um, agroecology as bioeconomy is more like a concept uh, that is really from a holistic point of view. Of course, we need to have um, the right amount to feed a growing world population at the end with healthy foods. Mm -hmm. But if we lose or if we do not recognize what the needs are of those producing it and the environment, uh, this includes as well, most importantly, a healthy soil, yes. then this will not work. My father so, likes to talk to me a lot about the importance of soil, actually, because soil is crucial. Without soil, you don't have anything when you think about it. Exactly. And uh, I mean, you, you you can have the best technology and the best, uh, you know, strategy to try to produce anything. But if the soil doesn't support you, then there will they, they, you cannot grow anything, you know. Exactly, exactly. And I'm wondering, which has been your favorite project you've worked on so far in bioeconomy? That's bad now, because <laughs> <laughs> I would, I, I think I would disappoint all of my uh, collaborators if I pick one. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I love BioBio a lot. Uh, I love the RebioBV, but currently I'm so excited about Path to Dia. Okay. Um, because just just because <laughs> it it hopefully allows me to make things visible, which are currently not um, perceived by many um, members of the society. And with that, I mean all the services that bioeconomy solutions and also sustainable agriculture can produce, such as ecosystem services, or trying to measure the transition towards the sustainability. And I feel like technology, and I hope for that because I'm I found the one or the other that the technology that has the potential to do that can make these things visible and help us with the transition. And this is something I hope where we can have what this can you know drive and and push the transition further. And that's that's the only reason why I picked Pastadia. Okay, okay, that's really interesting. And so in an ideal world, I think that like implementing bioeconomy would be quite plain sailing, but actually in an ideal world, climate change would not even exist. Let's start from mm. there. But uh, unfortunately, we're not living in an ideal world. Uh, so from your experiences, what are the challenges, the main challenges that bioeconomy faces, especially in our society that we don't even really know what bioeconomy even means? I don't think that we need to educate everyone to understand uh, the term bioeconomy. That's that's not the, the thing. But currently, there there is let's say a community that tries to find solutions, which includes you as youth ambassadors, which includes all our innovators. If we look at the startup community, for example, which you look at the scientists, but there are also you know a lot of strategy already strategies already out there. So a lot of parties try to find solutions. Um, but I think it's more about the challenges that so many don't know 
how to use these solutions for the, the, the yeah in the right way let's say because the problem is just putting a product out there you know mm -hmm. doesn't solve what we need to solve because then the product faces a world where buying a lot of that product is superior to buying it for the right reason and using it in the right way do you have a so, particular product in mind um if you for example go for bioplastics so okay. if you produce bioplastics based on um, plants because you can produce um, plastic out of plant materials and you use it for uh, packaging that is thrown away right uh, after you used it so a single use plastic and bioplastic if it's designed the wrong way mm -hmm. it's also not recyclable but there is i mean there are solutions for bioplastic which makes it recyclable or even biodegradable but as i said if you create bioplastics from plant which is let's say not recyclable and you use it just one time after you use the packaging and you open it and throw it away then then this is not a bioeconomy solution yeah you know? so it's just the same as plastic then because yeah. it's also once you use it once and you throw it away, it's bad for the environment. Bioplastic, same thing. But if you reuse, 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 then yeah, at least the impact of it reduces. So and bioeconomy, I mean, in the term itself, it's bio and economy. So it kind of mm -hmm. bridges the gap between biology and economy. It has the term economy in it. So it goes without saying that there are certain like economic interests that also play a role in bioeconomy. So how do you think bioeconomy can help us to promote sustainable economic growth? I think there are two ways to achieve it. First of all, I envision that by implementing sustainable bioeconomy solution um, excites us at some point as it does now, you know, buying a new car, buying a new house. So that this becomes something exciting, but in a way that we appreciate the sustainable elements so that we create benefits for the environment and the society and that we bring that to our, you know, dinner tables or to our meetings that mm -hmm. if we find these solutions for our workplace, for our individual private life, that it excites us as much as consuming now all those goods that are already on the market. That's the first thing. The second is, I hope that by pursuing all these conversation and bringing bioeconomy solutions to the right tables, um, persistency is really the key. Talking over and over about these solutions will help also um, bring those solutions to the right decision makers mm -hmm. who are in positions which focus on, let's say, economic success, yeah, so that uh, they can be contextualized for their decision environment. So I hope really that by like, you know, all those small pieces coming together and doing it over and over and over again, we find together with those decision makers who are those who can really make a difference, you know, um, yeah. we can find a way to implement it into our society and our, into our economy. Because the thing is, all those bioeconomy solutions, if we try to implement them, they're not entering an empty room or an empty concept of society. They're already entering an efficient system or system that was built throughout centuries, you know. So we try to have to understand how we can figure out to bring that existing system together with a 
vision of a more sustainable future. And I think really the consistency of you and me and everyone working in the field of bioeconomy talking over and over about it with all key actors, um, with each and everyone out there, I think that will bring them the, uh, the, the real transformation. I don't think yeah. that it's possible by just two, two or three people or, you know, a, a certain circle of people trying to drive it. Um, I don't think that's if, uh, that's efficient. Exactly. This is also what we're trying to achieve with the podcast to make sure that bio, the word of bioeconomy gets out there. But in reality, you said this before, it's not really about the term bioeconomy, but it's about mm -hmm. the concept. It's not you don't have to understand the word bioeconomy as long as you practice it in your everyday life. And I feel like policymakers as well, like um, I don't really care whether or not they know about the term bioeconomy as long as they implement it in the economic policies. And I feel like there has been a bit of a lack of that, both in Malta and in Europe in general. So, yeah, hopefully in the future there will be more talk. Actually, not even talk. More action. True. True. It starts with a good conversation like we are yeah. having because I really enjoy this here today. Yeah. Um, it's it's exactly it starts with a good conversation but then also pursuing actions and and you know even actions that don't provide the ultimate solution whatever that is at the end mm -hmm. of the day because i i don't think that i would have an answer of what the ultimate future system is because you know there are so many variables that play into that um but improving one percent every day um, are trying to find actions that produce at least some improvement is better than just doing nothing, you know. Exactly, exactly. So just to wrap up, um, mm -hmm. so back to our youth, you know, I'm an, a youth ambassador. And so we think a lot about not just our personal future, also our European future and our global future. So they're quite important to us. So how do you think the field of bioeconomy is going to evolve in the future, both as a field in general and also as career prospects for us youth? I can only give you the advice to learn as much as possible about the natural basis of the bioeconomy, trying to connect with nature, try to understand what it means in a system. And then finding, uh, connecting with actually with startups, with all the visionary uh, innovators um, and try to find what excites you most. Because I think bioeconomy is something where you have to have a lot of intrinsic motivation yes. to contribute to, to work in, to find the right, you know, if it's a profession or if you found your own company, it goes way beyond the nine to five um, uh, job it's it's really much more so find something that excites you and even if it's just a plant or even if it's a product or a service or a process or I don't know whatever it is and then pursue it find the right people and that's that's pretty much all yeah. because everything else is daily business then but it but, sounds so exciting though that it you can is. come from any background, like you can either be passionate about plants or passionate about industries. Like, for instance, I myself, I study law and I'm within bioeconomy. So the fact that you can bring so many careers within this field, I feel like it's yeah very exciting for us youth. I think it's an exciting time to be joining this field. And there are a lot of actors out there, particularly in, in the startup scene, um, 
which are so I, I really admire what they're doing and join them, support them, try to understand how they push the transition and and then find you can even be an innovator. Uh, it, it's called intrapreneur within a large company and drive change there, but really try to find the, the part of bioeconomy that excites you, whether it's law in your case or, you know, food sciences in another case or whatever it is. Um, but th this keep, keeps you going. And um, then then it's also a lot of fun. Yes, I agree. I would not be here today if it were not for bioeconomy. So, and I'm having a lot of fun. I don't know about you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but to wrap up, Evelyn, what are some key takeaways that our listeners should take with them today? And where can people find you if they want to connect? So the key message is... Um, Try to connect with those who are working already in the field and try to figure out what you can do uh, in your daily life to contribute um, to a sustainable future. It's not about the term bioeconomy, it's more about understanding the concept and uh, figuring out how we can uh, be part of it. Um, people can find me actually on uh, LinkedIn. I post on a regular basis updates about uh, our projects and what we're doing. Uh, but more specifically, I'm at the, the wonderful campus of the University of Hohenheim in Stuttgart. So um, here the, the listeners cannot see it, but you see the picture of our beautiful castle yes. in, the, in the background. So you're welcome anytime to visit us here in Stuttgart and um, I can show you the facilities and connect you with our researchers. So there are a lot of ways to reach out to me and I'm happy to uh, to connect with you. Oh, that's exciting. A trip to Germany. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Another reason to visit the country. I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So that's a date then. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Okay, well, thank you for your time, Evelyn. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Bioeconomy Matters. I would like to express our heartfelt gratitude to BioBeo, who proudly funds this podcast and supports our mission to share with you all that bioeconomy has to offer. And remember, bioeconomy matters, and you do too.